You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes, and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, King of the Casters with NBN and Brandon, and Jasper, who's a dog. The people are trying to keep us down. They tried to stop us, Brandon. They tried. First, they moved the release date and took Clifford out of theaters. They didn't want us to review this. But then, as we found a way, and as we got closer, Brandon, you know what they did? What'd they do? They made us stop recording in our usual studio, your apartment. (laughs) Uh, But we're going pirate radio today, folks. We are going pirate radio. We're in a secure location. You don't know where the fuck. And we are giving you the Clifford the Big Red Dog episode you were promised. (laughs) Welcome to Podsell, King of the Casters. I am your host, N.B. Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper is not here right now because we found a better dog, and he's bigger and redder. <laughs> Damn. Uh, today, to review Clifford the Big Red Dog 2021, we also have a special guest, my roommate, uh, would you prefer Jawa Duel or Jay? Jay. Jay. My roommate, Jay. Um, hello, listeners. I am uh, the sentient houseplant, and uh, I'm just here to chill with you guys. I just saw the uh, big red dog, and as a uh, sentient houseplant, I have some thoughts. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Awesome. So we are going to go into our first overall thoughts on the movie. Uh, and Jay, do you want to start us off? Well, I'll be honest. I wanted to really like this movie. I didn't have as high expectations as I normally would, but, you know, Clifford, he's a big red dog, he's a big red deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't you can't mess with uh, material like that. So, honestly, I went in with an open, open heart, ready to, you know, take in whatever they were going to throw my way. But, gotta <laughs> say, despite how much I enjoyed that movie, I really hated it. And honestly, <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing. Okay. All right, yeah. And uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on it? I thought it was... Going in, my expectations were bottom tier. My bottom, the lowest you could be. I was going to be like, this is going to be a terrible movie, but it could have some fun moments in it. And we got a lot of... We got... I would say we got more genuine belly laughs than ironic belly laughs. A good amount of laughs all around. So while I don't think this is a like a particularly great movie or anything, it was an enjoyable one. Okay. Which is a lot more than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Now you? What do you think? In David Lynch's premiere film, <laughs> 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 Alright. Uh, we follow a character, Henry Spencer, uh, with his monster child. An embodiment of everything he hates. Just a real ghoul. And as his hate for the child culminates into stabbing it in the heart, the beast just grows. Bigger and bigger. He's getting... Consuming him. (laughs) Now Walter Beck's chilling vision in conversation with David Lynch's eraser head is... He posits... What if it were not hate that made the beast grow? But what if it were love? <laughs> wow. 
It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Considering that, I'm guessing, I mean, all her expectations are pretty freaking low going in. Yeah, yeah. So, given... Given the fact, I think the worst movie that we have covered on this podcast has been Planet of the Monsters. Or, instead of, you know, usual kaiju things, Clifford's below the rest of them. Like the, you know... Wait, I, I, I say that Planet of the Monsters is the worst thing we've covered. Well, no, but I said that, in terms of the one that we got the, la- the least out of... Okay, Like, okay. Planet of the Monsters was, like, uh... Because so many story things, and didn't hook us, it was like episode 10, one of the previous ones... Yeah. It didn't hook us in the first ten minutes when we had to give all the exposition dump and it was just lost the rest of the way. Even where Manila made an appearance, there was more like things we could say about it. <laughs> what I'm getting from this is that a little nineteen ninety-four gem called Clifford oh, no, I mentioned that. Line short. I said that in terms of kaiju. Okay. In terms of kaiju thingies. I, I feel like though, Clifford, honestly, this movie it, it's it's a real critique of, I guess, standards in general. Because, like, it's a really bad movie, but it's got some genuine, like, laughs. It's a fun movie, but it's so bad. But it's got probably one of the best characters I've seen in a while, and he's just some dude. He's basically the, the modern equivalent of Diogenes for, like, the first half to, like, three quarters of the movie, and then... You know, he grows, you know, a sense of responsibility, which is, you know, the down downward arc, in my opinion. But I'm sure the movie t- tried to, you know, show it the other light. All right, we're going to talk more about story stuff, though, uh, in a bit. First, there's a monster. It's doing stuff. Brandon, what did that monster do? <laughs> so, um, Clifford in this movie is... A dog. <laughs> and he starts out really, really small, but not like, like smaller than your usual puppy, but not like a, a insane amount tinier. And then through the, through the, the blood magic of love, <laughs> um, she gets, he gets abandoned and then he somehow comes into possession of like a magic man. <laughs> and the magic man's like, what are you doing around here? And then he just like takes him. And then it's revealed that through the power of love, Clifford will grow larger. Yeah, that really confuses things. The fact that Clifford exists before, before yeah. magical John Cleese. And he just kind of happens upon him. And it, he just happens to be so, the type of magic man. So that him. does John Cleese find magical animals in the world and then give them to children? Or does he... Or does he take in animals and make them magic? Well, isn't his whole thing playing God? Like, that's like his whole thing, right? Clifford was already red, but a red dog is a lot more normal than (laughs) fucking Dogzilla, King of the Canines. They do say Dogzilla in this movie. They they do. They do. I mean, John Cleese being God is something we'll talk about in a little bit. In, in this movie, but I heaven is canonical in this film, and I will talk about that in a bit. <laughs> but so in this movie, uh, Clifford grows larger through the power of love. But what I was disappointed by is they bring up. I think the our be- best character in the movie thinks says, "Oh, I think he's going to get bigger," and I thought that was set up so that 
Later on in the movie, when all of New York loves Clifford, he gets fucking massive. Yeah, because Cartoon Clifford's the size of a house. Yeah. yeah, Cartoon Clifford is bigger than he is in this movie. Yeah. Cartoon Clifford, yeah, Cartoon Clifford's like 20 feet high. In this movie, they they say he's 10. So he, you know, he's a big dog, but, you know, he's a massive dog, but he's not, like, over a house big. So, I... Or at I, least the kaiju cut of this. <laughs> he was Okja big. This Clifford was one Okja big. About that, yeah. We'll like use anything size. the metric system, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Clifford in this movie, he has powers of, um... He can give you he can give you puppy dog eyes. Uh, he can pee like a fucking fire hydrant. <laughs> yeah. We never see him doo doo in the movie. One of my theories was that I, I thought there was gonna be doo doo. No doo doo. True. But true doo. He can absolutely demolish a big plastic ball. <laughs> no, just murk the whole thing. I'm surprised the guy inside didn't die. Yeah. When he was, the way he was gnawing at it, like the fact that he ceased after the ball deflated, <laughs> that's not realistic. Yeah. He'd be dead. Uh, but, yeah, so. Another that's... power of Clifford's that we're overlooking here mm. is his ability to coalesce a multi ethnic group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a multi ethnic group of Hey Arnold style neighbors to take, to take down big corporations. <laughs> The Comrade Clifford. <laughs> so what you're saying is, it's not just his color that's red. <laughs> the revolution will be Cliffordized. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Clifford, yeah. So Clifford's just a big old dog. He doesn't have. He. I thought the love, him growing bigger with love was going to be more than a factor, but he just grows. You see him the couple first times. He's a little dog, and then he gets big, and then that's. In terms of him growing or shrinking, that's it for the whole movie. I was thoroughly disappointed <laughs> in yeah. that fact. So now do we want to move over to the plot? Ooh, I guess we can go over the plot and then we can... Yeah, let's go over the plot and then we can go over our theories. Okay. <laughs> our five okay. theories so, for each thing. So yeah, so the plot, it's exactly what you'd expect. Opens with John Cleese narration with a little it little crime. It, it does the the Christopher Robin opening with storybook stuff. Wait, so it opens with John Cleese drawing New York City and narrating, and it cuts to a scene. <laughs> cuts to a prologued scene of so Cl- the rest of Clifford's family, who we never see again. So presumably they got gassed. They just, yeah, they just took him away. And oh, it, was, it was fucking, yeah. it was animal control. Yeah, too. animal control rounds him up, takes him away, but Clifford is under a sheet, so he misses out on that. Yeah. And Clifford <laughs> is sadly like, oh. Like, like the door, like the pound picks up his mom and the other puppies, and they're walking out, and they're closing like, they're like a dog. He, he is a house. normal puppy size. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Okay, so if we're to assume that John Cleese sort of set up the circumstances for him to meet this dog, do you think he's somewhat responsible for the death of Clifford's family? Yes. Okay. I, I will 100%. <laughs> John Cleese wants to... Okay, so follow me on this possibly tasteless uh, allegory here for the plot. Okay. What John Cleese essentially is, if... If John Cleese, like, took an interest and wanted to raise 
a little undocumented child <laughs> in yep. his neighborhood. Yep. He called ICE. Yep. Oh, on the rest of the family. <laughs> this is basically what happened. <laughs> and it's the rest of them torn away. So, but anyways, after that very sad opening, it immediately crying. cuts to immediately cuts to another storybook paper. <laughs> Clifford, the big red dog. He's and then it's a happy he's, beat all yeah, of a sudden. He's, he's, the music is really sad, and he's like, mm, and he's like pawing at like the gate that's just closed in the in his in the house they were in, trying to get his family. And it's like, ooh, like the music, and then yeah, swells. Clifford, the big red dog. But yeah, so little girl adopts <laughs> him. He becomes big. Corporation wants him. It's a it's a two thousands kid movie, only mm-hmm. coming out in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So it is literally exactly what you would expect from me saying that. Every plot point you're thinking right now, it happens. The single mother struggling with rent and raising her kid, not really following through with any of the premises they bring up. Bing. Oh my god, there are so many themes that they approach <laughs> with this. They're drawing illusions all over. The main girl, the little girl, Emily, is, which, she lives in a beautiful apartment, so her family's got to be pretty well off. Yeah. Well, it's like a movie apartment where it's like, this is normally what it's like. It's like it's friend's apartment, basically. But the kids at school call her food stamp. (laughs) Yeah. Which I feel like, I feel like the the movie could be slightly more socially aware about using... Food stamp as a as a classist insult, which I mean, don't get me wrong, I fully support the movie's right to do it, but I also support don't get someone think about what they're actually doing, you know. I thought you were about to say, don't get me wrong, I fully support classes. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me that wrong. That too, but like, don't get me wrong. But the I other way around, actually. The other- don't get me wrong, I agree with the bullies, but their methods. Yeah. <laughs> Really, what are they critiquing with their bullying? It's not really effective bullying if you aren't, you know. Sounds barbed. You have to be deliberate. How'd the dad die? Figure that out. Yeah, right? Or the evidence. Alright, so, yeah, so then, what are the other themes? Oh, terrorism. Yes, if you see something, say something. When the police are looking for Clifford. That is literally what they say. Oh See something. We gotta take this dog down. Oh man. Because the the whole plot is you know, there's a mean scientist or mean CEO guy that's like, I'm growing food to be bigger. And he's like, I gotta I gotta catch Clifford to figure out how that happened, how he got so big. Well, to be fair, that scene where Clifford um, looks directly at the camera and calls for jihad again, the establishment of an American caliphate, I'm joking, no, that didn't happen. But yeah, no, the, 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 al- the terrorism allegory, holy shit, dude. Uh, it actually did happen. You were just out of the room. That was uh, when okay. you went to grab a snack. Of course, yes. <laughs> it was a quick moment. <laughs> when unacknowledged by the rest of the film. Clifford is the quiz at Hatterack. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh man. Well, alright. So, uh, that. So, what are other themes? There are a bunch of weird themes. Rent but... And the economy. Well, weird... ultimately, they are in the. In the uh, this is slightly ahead of ourselves, but in the end, they chop it up to not bullying. That's like the, the bottom line, oh, which yeah. is. It ooh, becomes ooh. Dear Evan Hansen at the end. Which I. Like, you're gonna raise all these. <laughs> these. these valid concerns. 
these valid issues, and you're going to end it all with no bully? Like, come on, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Can, Jake, can you quote the best line in the whole film? Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> you, got, you got to do it for me. You got to do it for me. I can't give it the right dude. <clears throat> in the big moment, the cops are closing in. It's a standoff. It's yes. a standoff, baby. And she stands up. Emily is the girl's name in the movie. She stands up and she proudly says, you can't take him away just because he's big and red. <laughs> and the oh whole crowd, oh, yes, <laughs> you are right. If he was small and red, take him away. Small and if he was was get him out of here. Big and red, out. no, he's here to stay. Blues Clues, straight to the power. Honestly, this is the anti-Blues Clues, okay? Get him out of here. <laughs> If it's yellow, he ain't mellow. Get him out. Oh, racism. Yeah, racism. (laughs) They did slightly... Okay, so I thought that was kind of interesting because they hinted at a lot of, like, you know, no bully and no racism and no bigotry and no anti-minority behavior and whatnot. But then the Asian sidekick character... Oh, you mean the effeminate Asian sidekick... With a very rich dad who's short and good at tech? That one? <laughs> Breaking the mold, I see. Yeah, I mean, it's a real, it's a new it stereotype, really. It was one step up from short round yelling, Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, oh SpongeBob USB drive, though, and that's what I was like. That's, yep. I feel like that that was probably my favorite part I of his like, character. I had to get four. the Paramount Plus trial for this. <laughs> of four Asian stereotypes in film, it goes uh, Newt Gunray from Phantom Menace, it goes Short Round, and then it goes this boy. Yeah. He's yeah. In with the greats. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, so that happens, and the Eagle Businessman, at the end... Well, it's implied that John uh, John Cleese, who is God, is also familiar with C sharp. Oh yeah, <laughs> and various other programming languages. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. So basically, um, I don't know if you established it yet, but the evil you know the evil guy wants to kidnap the dog. So he uh, early in the movie he sticks him with an ID tag in his neck, and he's like, "Ha Now they'll think that he's our property the whole time." So after he's that, he's pulling an Immortan Joe. <laughs> oh yeah. Get back here! That's my property! Basically. And then at the end, after she gives her big speech, you think the movie's over, and then the evil businessman comes out, and he's like, that's still my property. And John Cleese, like, you know, God, just looks at her and goes, it's gonna be okay. I gave you Clifford so you could be big and strong and brave. And then the, the cop comes over with the ID tag thing. But this I do just for me. <laughs> this I do just for me. And I raise his He raises his hand. <laughs> oh, but he, he does a little like winky. Yeah, like, he does like a Sabrina the Teenage Witch type of deal. He just kind of, a twinkle happens. That's it. And then the cop pulls out the ID tag scanner thing and goes, this dog belongs to Emily. That's the girl's name. Which They're is like, not at all an option <laughs> for what it could have been on the machine. Like the machine is just like, a fucking skit, a fucking tag. It should just say there's the presence of a tag in there. Yeah. Are you are you saying that God is not familiar with VS Code? <laughs> I mean, this is the same cop that. Uh, it, it makes sense that 
trick the cop because it's the same cop that when the CEO said he's a mutant, it could be contagious. The cop just takes that. Yeah. Oh, oh my man. god. I mean, that was probably the most mask off a cab the movie gets. No. Yeah. Um, it's a little. It's a little hint. <laughs> it's a little hint of the AIDS crisis. But <laughs> it's a little. It's a little slip in there. And it's it's just like they they hint at all these things, but oh my god, can I talk about the uh, the ultimate like political I guess bottom line that they're throwing at us? Yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, be bigger, right? To be happy. Oh, more or less. It's <laughs> it's ultimately might makes right, but you know with a little love thrown in. Because <laughs> like because like the God is basically saying that he's here. To be big and strong, and at, they established this many, at many times throughout the movie. Before he be, grows to a size, Emily says to Clifford that she wishes he were big and strong. And through this embiggening, she overcomes all of her problems. And now you could say maybe this is about self improvement. No, she's straight up. Got the dog because of Magic Man. And Magic Man, at the end of the movie, used his magic HTML code or whatever to <laughs> fucking change the results of the dog tag scanner. And so what is this ultimately saying? It's just saying that you got to have Magic Man on your side. Mm. Yeah. If you so this is fundamentally a pro-CIA can, movie. Can I give a theory I have about the film real quick? Okay. All right. I think in the original cut, John Cleese died, and everything with him after the hospital scene is reshoots. Ooh, okay. What do you think? Because of how... So, folks, uh, about two-thirds of the way through the movie, they've been looking for John Cleese's character to see if he can fix the uh, the big redness uh, of the... Not, not cut his nuts, but make him smaller. <laughs> yeah, just... Neuter him slightly. <laughs> I got a point! I just got a point off you! What's up? <laughs> What's it? Oh, you have a prediction. So, in addition to making five predictions about what would happen in the movie, none of which came true, I made three predictions about what Brandon would do during this episode. And prediction right. number one Brandon makes a neuter that dog joke. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Well, this was somewhat of a collaborative effort. So. I've been girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, back to my theory. Well, now I'm scared to speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm I'm playing the landmines right now. <laughs> so, so for the first two thirds of the movie, he is. Uh, they're looking for John Cleese because he's magic. He turned Clifford, presumably, uh, big. Hopefully, he can turn Clifford back to being small. They then track him down to a hospital he's supposed to be at, where they come in. His hospital room is empty, and he's be and a a package of belongings with one of his signature funky bow ties is being brought out. And they learn from another patient that he's died. They're like, oh, wait. They're like, wait, is that who you're looking for? They're like, yeah. And he's like, he passed away. And we were all like, Ooh. Yeah, as they show us, you know, everyone mourning, you know, as much as they can mourn in a movie like that. You know, his death. <laughs> like, the kid was mourning. They did the whole hug thing. 
<laughs> and here's the thing. So then everything explaining that it's not John Cleese feels so tacked on. Oh wait. Oh yeah, the guy checked So his first oh, it's not him. Yeah, first they just randomly find the who it was is uh obituary. Yeah, their obituary with a picture of who it, of the person that isn't John Cleese, which they never give like you'd cut to like a close up of oh that's yeah, that's not it, John Cleese. It's Please. still just a wide shot of the of him of the brother holding Yeah, holding phone. the phone and they're like, Yeah, that's definitely not him. Oh, like yeah. I expected like when they were doing that bit they set up and one of two things I was expecting for a joke payoff to that. Mm-hmm. One, the guy's black. <laughs> <laughs> Two, my second possibility was that it would be Michael Palin. It looks like him? No, not, no, just Michael Palin since he's another Monty Python guy. Oh, okay. I thought that those would be two funny, one more, one more cliche <laughs> than the other one, but two funny payoffs for that joke. Yeah. Uh, but they did none. They never cut to a close up. They were we just a weird about the affair, too. Yeah, a weird, oh, yeah. odd, strong shot. And then. Later, when John Cleese is in the climax, there's a really rush, weird conversation in which heaven is made canonical, where it's like, where she goes up to him and like, we thought you were dead. Oh no, I just gave my bow tie to that guy. I visited him a lot. I want him to be able to stand out in heaven. <laughs> which is such a heavy, weird thing to just drop in in a 20 second exchange. Man, they really went in with the God thing. Which is why I am 80% positive that John Cleese dies in the original in the original version that didn't test well with, uh, with the test groups and kids thought it was too sad. So they wheeled him back in for a scene. Well, I had the theory that like when they were in the uh, animal tents uh, where he gives her the dog and we see all those wonderful animals and... He was behaving very eccentric that what if all of this was just like John Cleese just like tweaking really fucking hard. He's just in a room alone just dancing around looking at ordinary objects and seeing wondrous animals and then he's giving this girl this dog who knows like what is actually going on but it was it was it was real bizarre but I feel like that's the vibe they were going for. Yeah. What are you looking up right now? Are you looking up if I'm right of that John, please. I'm going to the trivia thing to see if there's anything particularly like that. I feel like it's too early for something like that to have come out. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. That's like a years down the line when John Cleese doesn't give a fuck about the movie anymore, and he's he's particularly boozy during an interview. (laughs) Oh yes, they they fucking killed me in the original (laughs) cut. It definitely feels like they did that and they had to backtrack it. Yeah. Well, we can't just cut that part. But. Yeah. So, uh, with so yeah, uh, what are some what are some other big uh, plot points we want to talk? I don't want to talk about this film in a linear manner. It doesn't feel conducive. No. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh what? So uh, Clifford goes to the vet at some point. Oh yes. Oh <laughs> yeah. Right after. Um, and they're like trying to figure out what's up with him, and the vet's like super, like whoa, what a big weird dog! Like no one's acting like no one's acting like this is a fucking medical marvel. What the fuck is going on in here? Like not just like a scream and they you know get out of here and stuff. But no, he comes in 
and he says, oh, we got to take Clifford's temperature. And the the uncle, best character in the movie, we'll get into that, fucking best guy. Yeah. He goes, where am I supposed to put the thermometer? And it, what's, what's the name of the vet? Oh, the, the vet, the Keaton vet's Thompson name. is yeah, the Keaton, actor. Keaton Thompson, and he says. Saturday Night Live, guy. Yeah, and he goes in and he goes. Oh, you know, you got to put it in the, the temperature checking area. And the uncle's like, where's that? He's like, you know, it rhymes with, with nut hole. Now, Which is so much worse than that butthole. Oh, not as bad as slut hole. Pretty close. I have been... Brandon has made me promise to cut down on the cum jokes on this podcast. It got him in. It's why it's why we're in a in a pirate radio situation right now. Where's it's Eagle very likely come. it's very likely that how much I yell about come on this podcast <laughs> is why the man is trying to shut us down in Brandon's apartment complex. But yeah, come joke. Just insert one. That it, it's prime. It's prime picking there. Honestly, I'm just surprised they didn't say "clussy" uh, <laughs> or "bussy" too. Clifford is one thick bitch. Uh, <laughs> see that Cliff Bussy? Uh, I see we're appealing to the uh, furry portion of the audience. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Hopefully not. Okay, we're talking right? about this during what that monster did. Puppy Clifford is so fucking ugly. Yes, okay. this is a regular dog just shrunk down. So yeah, this is not a puppy. You know, in re- in real life, when you see a puppy, they haven't quite grown into their head yet, so their head is a bit big for their body. Clifford's head, it, Clifford is proportioned like a normal, full size dog, but shrunk down to puppy size because no one wanted to do the work of a second character design. And a rig and stuff. Yeah. Whole big thing. <laughs> it's, like imagine if someone were to pick up a baby and it's just a small man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shrunk down little guy. Honey, yeah. I shrunk. They used to do that for games. Uh, back in Fallout 3 when you played a baby in the opening, if you go to people pack the game, oh, yeah, out, that is what it's did. just a full, it's just an adult man. <laughs> just shrunk down to like baby tall. That's yeah. great. Then there's, okay, so how people interact with Puppy Clifford is horrible too. Do you remember the one where she fucking holds him like he's she's a like he's a fucking forty ounce? Yeah, no one. I think I'm convinced that no one in this movie has ever held a dog before. Because she's uh, it starts with John Cleese though. Okay, when John Cleese first picks up Puppy Clifford, (laughs) he picks it up like he does like a because he's not actually interacting with anything. His interpretation of what holding a puppy is like. Is to do like the the fish was this big yeah. in the stands, and they just animate the dog perfectly fitting in there. It, it looks like they're not holding quite. like a cylindrical CGI thing. If you look, you can see his pinkies kind of dipping into Clifford. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And then you got Emily where she's holding Clifford, and this is after. It's implied that John Cleese broke into a private school and stuffed Clifford in the bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, while we're ragging on the CGI, I have to talk about the chase scene. <laughs> the chase scene where they're running through New York streets with Emily on Clifford's back. They felt the need to make everything CGI, and 
I swear, this is the worst CGI I've seen in a while. Like, I've seen better stuff coming out of a PS1 fucking emulation. This was not good stuff, Compared dude. to especially Emily riding Cooper. Yeah, Emily like did not CG. look human. That was Mark Zuckerberg on that dog, dude. That was barely human. It was so smooth. That's the worst thing about, like, bad modern CG. It's not even, like, chunky. It's fucking smooth. Yeah. It's like, eh. So, like, I, I would say overall... Clifford's CG when he's actually side and interacting with people yeah. was a little better than I thought it was going to be yeah, from the trailer. Yeah. But, you know, it's nothing great. But I, I just want to bring up the moment where Emily first holds Clifford <laughs> in her arms. She kind of cradles him a bit like a baby. That's not too bad. And then she kind of like, you'll notice it. Or I think it's when, when Clifford shows up in her bag out of nowhere and she like picks him up and, oh, the uncle. And he's like, oh, we, we got to bring him back. And she's like, he's a good boy, though. And she's holding like a baby, like swaddling him like a baby. And then she just kind of holds him like he's like fucking can of Coke. <laughs> she's a child actor who doesn't know how to do object work with stuff that isn't there. The animators seem like they're beholden to moving Clifford in a way that makes sense with whatever crazy fucking hand movement she's doing while trying to act like she's care- holding a puppy that's moving around. Yeah. So she, you know, she goes from cradling her arms to just kind of like fucking holding him in one hand on his belly. It's really funny. but It's, it's I don't know, dude. I feel like, well, how was the budget for this movie, honestly? It had to be pretty big. It, when we were in New York City like a couple weeks ago, the fucking banners yeah. were everywhere. Yeah, we saw the Clifford bus. Yeah. We didn't ride the I was Clifford surprised bus. This, this film didn't jack off NYC as much as I thought it was going to. I mean, it was pretty, uh, you know... They literally have a shot of the meter maid who, who gets one scene with, like, three <laughs> lines at the beginning of the movie making fun of Jack Whitehall's character. Just, she's see, watching the Clifford speech as the camera dramatically spins around her and we see it on in Times Square on every screen. Very brief moment. Yeah, I thought I... Okay, I think now would be a good time to go into what we thought was going to happen. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Or let's, uh, let's or maybe, uh, how long are we running so far? Okay, maybe commercial than that. Okay, yeah, yeah we're going to go to a brief commercial break. I was going to say you're going to prove that God exists. Wow. In an ad? Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll put in one of those 45 minutes unskippable YouTube ads. I've done a shit ton of PCP and I've peered through the veil, guys. He's the old. <laughs> He's real. He's there. He's a life changer, miracle arranger, born to the virgin mom in a manger, water to wine, he's a drink exchanger, and he died for your sins. I preach the word, that's my gig, and I rhyme better than Notorious Big. All the other MCs, I wish them well, but if you live in sin, you burn in hell. All right, and we are back. So we're not, we aren't alone in the universe. (laughs) You proved it, Brandon. Yeah. I feel so much more at peace. I know, right? It's a reassuring thought. I'm glad I was able to do that for you. Jane has not seemed convinced. Well, you see, (laughs) as 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 a houseplant, I feel as if whenever you're looking beyond for intelligent life and you're not just putting water on my fucking pot, you're just wasting your time, dude. All right. Dang. Okay, so Simple. how do we want to do this? Do we want 
Let's a go. person to go through all of their list at once, or do we want to go one 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 two 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 three three three? Uh, let's do, just do one by one. I feel yeah. like okay, let's do one. Who wants to start? No. Okay, I will start with my predictions for why I thought would happen to right. Clifford. So as a as and a, we'll argue if they were met or not. Yep. So as a starter, um, for this movie, <laughs> we all agreed to write down five predictions for what this movie was gonna do, because you know I wasn't reading any press material or anything. So let's let's go over what we thought was gonna happen. So no one was it. Okay, number one. Clifford does not pass the Bechdel test. Okay, so Clifford, there are, is there She has to talk to No, but they mentioned the dad in that conversation. I don't think they, they mentioned What about the Clifford girl in class? The bully girl. Okay, the bully girl Oh, she calls she her food stamp. Yeah. yeah. That passed the Bechdel the test. The bully girl doesn't have the name though, I don't think. Oh shit! You're right. Wait, yes. She doesn't have a name. This is true. Uh oh. Uh oh. I don't think Clifford passes. The Clifford Bechdel sexist. Test. Clifford is a bad feminist. Everyone. <laughs> Clifford, you are canceled. You know, I feel like I feel like the red flag was kind of obvious. <laughs> all things considered. All right. So I'm, I'm waiting for a three-hour video from one of those like. Conservative YouTubers. Clifford goes against the woke mob. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the rest, stands of, up. the rest of these did not happen, so okay, we'll go let's through. Go, let's go through Keenan Thompson at some point says, Hide your pillows when talking about Clifford. A, oh. a reference to the fact that dogs hump pillows quite voraciously. <laughs> okay. I think that did yeah, not happen. That explicitly scene. didn't happen. So, number three <clears throat> Tony Hale wants to clone Clifford. Not really. No. Like, there's genetic cloning stuff going on in his lab, no. but there's nothing to indicate that he wants to clone the big red dog. Just... Oh, no. Just dissect it? They never say dissect, I, but... He was on an operating table, Yeah, so I think... I think it, were, he was, like, plugged yeah. into a bunch of stuff, so... They were gonna pull out okay. some bits. <laughs> Number four, I was expecting during one of Tony Hale's speeches that he would name drop Elon Musk... And that didn't happen. Probably for the best. Number five, John Cleese has two scenes total. He's got four. He's got four scenes. I think I would win that one if he had died. (laughs) (laughs) The studio mandates stopped me from being right on that one. Now I'll go into the three uh, the three Brandon predictions. And only two only one of them's been met, but that was number one. Brandon Ooh. makes a neuter that dog joke. <laughs> you heard it live happen, folks. Uh, number two, Brandon makes a Chad Clifford versus Virgin Jasper joke. <laughs> I would never. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> number three, Brandon calls Tony Hale a soy boy beta cop. <laughs> <laughs> And I realized the third one was actually more a joke that I would make and not a joke that you would make. How? Oh Alright, so now we're going to... If you yeah. kept those toes to your chest, it might have happened. Alright, so, yeah, so that's now we're going on to Brandon then. Oh yeah, so my five predictions, and I'm gravely disappointed because none of mine were right. Uh, number one was the big bad is implied to get pooped or urinated on by Clifford. 
Someone does get urinated on, but, but it's our hero. Yeah. It is it is our favorite character. Yeah. But it's, you'd expect that. It, it hits a lot of Hallmark movie vibes, so you would definitely expect that. But it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't like, I could visualize Famously it. Hallmark movies and get <laughs> on. Now that I've got Listen. my revenge on you, ex-husband, <laughs> it's time I get something else. Listen, I don't want to marry you, Chad. You're shallow. I want this baker who taught me the meaning of Christmas. Now I'm going to pee on you. <laughs> what about that one where uh, they get stung by jellyfish by the sea? <laughs> <laughs> the only way to say <laughs> All right. Yeah, so uh, that's number one. And I, I visualize in my mind that Tony, Tony Hale like, back goes, no, and the camera's going to zoom in and it like implies it. Yeah. So number, and he's like, oh, he's got to use the bathroom. Okay, number two, evil businessman is most enjoyable part of the movie. Demonstrably mm-hmm. untrue. He didn't really do much. I, I was no. expecting more because Buster Bluth is such a funny dude, but like, yeah. nothing. And his Third performance man. did not, like, was not like, like, proportional were... to the amount of screen time he got. Like, he really put a lot of character into that, which really wasn't warranted. Like, he was trying to be really intimidating, it felt like. And, sorry, Buster, but no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would have liked it more, like, I would have liked to just see fucking Buster Blue throwing a large... I'm not gonna lie, company. when they were touring the uh, Science Animal Lab, I was yeah. kind of hoping, in the in my heart of hearts, for a Lucille joke. <laughs> I was really hoping... <laughs> Who the hell? Who the hell is this person? <laughs> so that happened. Uh, so to, to this point, best character is the Diogenes uncle. Yep. Uh, number 100%. three is this one. I am crushed by it not happening. Who let? Uh, my prediction was who let the dogs out will play either the original or a revamped pop cover featuring like. Little Nas X or some other famous artists. It took a lot of restraint on the part of the director Walter Beck to not include "Who Let the Dogs Out." I, 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 I just, I think he should have. I think he used that in Old Dogs. <laughs> I want to say that there's a scene in Old Dogs <laughs> using "Who Let the Dogs Out." Okay, he already used it up. He's like, he's like, I can't repeat my, my I can't repeat artistic vision. <laughs> The studio was like, you gotta put it in. He's like, I refuse. So number four was, and th- these are two that kind of go hand in hand that I was really surprised did not happen because it would have made it, a, the finale of this movie is kind of, eh, alright. This would have been made fucking awesome though. And number four, Clifford gets really small at the end of the second act when everyone's at their lowest because he, like, he's sad and I thought the big bad guy was like going to try to sell him to a collector or do something. And the collector was gonna show up, and then Clifford would be all small because he wasn't being loved anymore. And the the seller would be like, "What the what the fuck is this?" Like actual quote, uh, <laughs> "What the fuck is this shit?" And then he couldn't sell him anymore, and that didn't happen. He never got small again. What's this knuckle? <laughs> Get this knuckle out of here. So that's four. And number five was related to it. After that, Clifford will grow larger than ever. As all of New York City will love him, and that's how he defeats the bad guys. That they teed us up for a giant Clifford. Yeah, especially when they were like towing him away on the boat. I was not the towing when I was expecting them to go for kaiju. When they're mentioning to the uncle, when the girls Emily's talking to the uncle and she says, "Imagine he might not stop growing. He could get to be a hundred feet." 
And her voice gets modulated to like a nightmare thing. <laughs> Life slows down around him as an ominous music sting. And I thought they were going to go into like a funny nightmare sequence. I really wanted to. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, what if they did that though? What if they did like the boys version of like Clifford? Like a girl finds a dog that's big and powerful and basically uses that to bring forth her will of what she thinks a good America would be like, but it would just enforce <laughs> new hierarchies and hegemonies that lead to further and new, more robust types of discrimination. Are you big or are you red? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, the rule red for divide. She rides atop Clifford over goose-stepping lesions and looks out and says, Heal. I'm <laughs> <laughs> kind of upset this is a thing. <laughs> Just like Clifford, my love will make you grow, my children. <laughs> we can talk about these ideas more when we get to our final segment. But yes. yes, yes. So, so Jay, oh, yeah. what were your five predictions? So, my five predictions, none of them came true. But I feel like they were, some of them were pretty grounded. I feel like, um, so my first one was Clifford would trip over a vehicle or like something with wheels in the bottom because he's a dog and he's clumsy and he's big. Oh. But that did not happen. He's he's very well composed, apparently. Yeah, he's got like parkour skills. Yeah, right. He was wall running. He was wall running through New York, like fucking Assassin's Creed over here. Um, number two is a guy would take off his shades or glasses as Clifford ran by, which I feel like I feel like that's that 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 would have happened if this movie were made just a couple decades ago. You know, this is just one of those tropes. You know. <laughs> Number three, it was a McDonald's or Coca-Cola product placement because they're red, which didn't happen, but there was Apple product placement. Mm -hmm. A fair amount of it. Honeycombs, which is a weird one to get very, very blatant product placement, but like a wide shot where Honeycombs is completely in frame, (laughs) facing the camera, and then they cut to a different angle, and somehow the boxes move, not enough to like completely breaking. You still see the logo. Yeah. (laughs) They were like very deliberate with it too because there was that one scene where Emily was like just nomming on some chips in her room and it was clearly like a pack of like those green Uts, UTZ, I don't know, I'm a houseplant. I've never been to a superstore. But they very deliberately faced the label (laughs) away and later on when they were having uh, burgers and drink, the drink was very... Ambiguously designed and directioned in a certain way that it could be really from any big fast food store. So I, I, it's like they were very deliberate with that. Yeah, which but, makes me wonder in movies like these if like if in some ways they just give like a generic thing and then once the advertiser gets approval they'll like yeah just stick it on and you know. I mean, I would have expected McDonald's or Coca Cola and just because of the red, you know. Oh yeah. But um, number four was holiday humor, which maybe that was. I, I was expecting very holiday, very family experience, I mean, and I and I technically this fall this episode's coming out in December, so technically this is a Christmas episode. We're on. Well, in that case, the holiday humor applies to us and not the movie. Yeah. Maybe maybe this list is meta commentary. You know, maybe this oh. is this goes deeper than I had assumed. This is the holiday humor. <laughs> What if the holiday humor was the friends we made along the way? By the way, in two weeks, we're, we have a Krampus episode. Look out for that, folks. Oh, yeah, that'll be interesting. 
Um, and my final one was something to do with stars or space. Because I was expecting the ending to be like, uh, I love you, Clifford. And then they hug each other on like, I don't know, a rooftop or like at the top of a mountain as the shot moves on to like the skylight of New York and then on to like the stars above. There was a red dog <laughs> waiting in the sky, and you know his name is Clifford, and he peed on that one guy. <laughs> oh, man. I wish that it would have been the star thing where, uh, you know, with John Cleese, the god of this yes. movie. When and at really the end, yeah, at the end, when he, you know, they're, they're smiling, he goes, ah, and he looks at the star, and you just see, a, like, a shooting star go by. And it's implied that he's an alien. Okay. Wild theory that I just considered. What if John Cleese's character is actually Bruce Almighty? Because <laughs> I feel like Bruce Almighty would, given the powers of God, in his old age, do something like this. Okay, but canonically Bruce gives up the powers of God. Have you not have you not kept up your lore on the Bruce Almighty set? Well, you see, when he when he accepts his powers, he creates a multiverse. One for the sake of the movie where he looks like the good guy and he is you know, he he gives up the hubris. But the other, the real one, where he goes on to be the god of literal everything, and who knows? So maybe he's listening in. With right that now. happening, does Evan Almighty also branch realities? <laughs> Uh, it is. We should probably move on to make it gritty. Oh yes. <laughs> so Jay, make it gritty is our final segment we like to do on episodes, in which a kaiju that has not yet been introduced to the modern Godzilla films, mm-hmm. we pitch how we would put them in the movies. You uh, so you have two options here as a guest. You can either contribute one. Or if you want to judge between Brandon and mine and tell us which one sucks and which one's good. I'd do both, honestly. Alrighty. Alrighty. I'll do like a, you know, 2.5 and then I'll rank between you guys. So who wants to go first? Let's see. I'll let you start. I gotta think for a second. Okay. So. Have you ever seen the film Princess Mononoke? In it, she rides a big ass. Yes. So that's very important to my pitch. Milford Roberta Brown, uh, her character is spending a summer internship in the hollow earth <laughs> when, oh no, looks like King Kong's gotten out of control. He's hurting people and we don't know why. Yeah. And then she's like, he destroys the base she's staying in and she's wandering in the hollow earth woods when she's like, I don't know. I've got to find something that can fight against him. <laughs> and John Cleese is an elderly man, as the elderly magic man comes in, <laughs> and he's like, Oh, well, uh, I've got some ideas for you. You could believe in yourself. <laughs> and some bonuses. We then cut to the final battle where King Kong's like, Ripping up humanity in the hollow earth. And then a rustling from the woods. Kong looks. And bursting with a spear in her hand, all Mononoke style, (laughs) riding upon Clifford. She bursts into battle, and that is Kong 3 Cliffhard? (laughs) Cliffhard 
Return with a vengeance. <laughs> All right. Brent, you have your pitch? Yes. All right. So my pitch goes that this is going to be, you know, it's in the MonsterVerse, the, the legendary MonsterVerse. Yeah. And it's shown that things are being weird around the, uh, the inner Earth. Things are being weird around there, right? Like, in Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus Kong, we see that in the Hollow Earth, there's, like, these big, weird, mutant, reptile things, right? Yeah. So that's what they're used to in the Hollow Earth. They're doing the research, and all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, a, a giant, normal animal attacks the research team. It could be a rabbit. This, like, really messed up-looking giant rabbit gnashes his teeth and attacks the research team. And Millie Bobby Brown <laughs> has to, she's on, you know, she's on vacation, and she's figuring out, she gets a call. Ring, ring, ring. This is Lady of the Monsterverse. At this point, Millie gets a call when everything is RMS. And with that happening, suddenly, there's just an invasion of giant, normal animals. They're not kaijus. They're not big old reptile monster things. There's a fucking iguana. There's a giant cat. There's a giant... Well, that gets to later. Giant animals running around out of nowhere. And she has to call, you know, she has to get in her good buddy, Godzilla, <laughs> to figure out what's going on there. And they tunnel in, and they come in, and they realize that years ago, there was this legend. There was this legend of a little girl who, through her tears of love, were able to make her dog grow. Lost to time. Cast away. Into a children's book. <laughs> Cast Wait, away how far along in the future is this? 2030s. Wow. Gone. Clifford is only a myth. A legend, if you would. Only spoken up in hushed whispers. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's revealed that it wasn't just Clifford who could grow from her love. And it's revealed that she has been living in the hollow earth all of this time, building up a massive en- a massive army of large animals in order to invade the surface... And reclaim Clifford's bones <laughs> in Godzilla colon on the cliff of battle. <laughs> and that's fine. All right. I got a I got a mini mini I guess uh, take on on this. So my would start in the scene where uh, the uh, one character makes the dogzilla joke, and that joke <laughs> runs so close to copyright infringement that. The CEO of Toho Entertainment, all the feels feels a presence, like feels a disturbance in the force. He looks to the uh, employee sitting across from him, shivering behind his checkboard. He's like, "Release him." He's like, "So are you sure? Do it!" And then a giant, uh, the table in front of him slides to the right, and a giant red button comes up. And he just smacks on it. And then next scene, we see Godzilla rolling up on fucking New York, right? And, but Godzilla is powered by every, he is is manifesting all of capitalism's might. But luckily, our hero, the big red dog, has read the little red book. You see, and now through the power of worker solidarity with all New Yorkers, Clifford rises up 
and does a proletarian revolution against Godzilla, who was the manifestation of capitalism. And, this, and the movie ends with nukes going off and the realization that the entire human project was ultimately a mistake. So this is the end of the <laughs> This is the end game. This is the end of it. All right. It's over. I think you win. Okay. Yeah, 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 that was the better festival. All right, so this has been Podzell King of the Casters. Uh, Brad, hit them up with how they can contact us. So, um, usually, pretty much only social media is our Twitter. So you can follow us over at little, what was it? At Podzilla K-O-T-C. All caps in the K-O-T-C. Capital P and Podzilla K-O-T-C is on our uh, Twitter. But we'd love to get some questions and movie recommendations and stuff sent over to our email, which is all lowercase kingofthecasters at gmail.com. And then, Jay, do you want to plug anything here? Uh, just water your plants, guys. They're important. you got to keep them around. Gotta keep the, the green lush. So yeah, you can follow us on our podcast wherever wherever you look for your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, RSS.com, all those good things. So um, next week we're gonna be covering all of season two of Attack on Titan, our whole season two episode for that. So how we're covering um, we posted this on the Twitter a while back, but how we're covering Attack on Titan for until it comes out because it's coming out sooner than we had anticipated is season one was broken up into three episodes. Season two in its entirety will be the next episode. And then we're breaking it into season three, part one, and season three, part two. Each of those will be an episode. And then season four, part one, uh, season four, part one will be all of season four, part one. We're doing that because we want to catch up to make sure that by the time we the episodes are coming out, we are caught up because... There's some interesting rumors flooding around about um, how that series is going to end. And it's going to be a really interesting thing to see in real time. So we'll see you then. Yeah. Thank see you, you next time. I love you.